0: It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith.
1: We are back. New week, new Steelers Afternoon Drive, and Alan is joining me. He's back, and he's actually in his Steelers Afternoon Drive right now. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. Alan, what's going on? I am
0: at the Steelers UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and I am leaving. Just wrapped up practice today. And we're going to do this. We're going to try this. If this works, this is going to be the plan every day. If this doesn't work, uh, well, you'll see like my crashed car in the news or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that does not happen. Uh, speaking of news, let's get to some news. But first and foremost, how can we not at least briefly go over the Steelers' second preseason game? Um there was some talk after that Tampa Bay game. It was like, okay, the offense looked good. They did everything that you could possibly want them to do. But let's see them do it against some ones. They did that on Saturday against Buffalo. Not just
0: some ones, I think a really underrated defense in general. You know, talking about like specifically sort of the guys that they beat on those plays, you know, that's that's Milano running down the field with Pat Faramuth, you know, flailing at him as he goes into the end zone. That's uh, Poyer, right, that uh, Jalen Warren runs over uh, on his way to the end zone. These are not scrub dudes. That's that's an underrated, very good defense. And specifically, they kind of went right at some of the guys that I think are the best players on that defense. And so I think that's the part of it that is extremely – I mean, look, it's preseason. It's been three total drives. But I don't know how Like, we can't start to get excited about how good this offense could be if that's the way they look right now.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that a big part of it for me, too, is we spent a lot of time last week talking about getting explosive plays because everybody thinks about that and they just automatically think taking deep shots down the field in the passing game. But you can find explosive plays in the run game, too. And we saw one with Jalen Warren in this game. So it was nice to see something that we talked about a lot last week in conversation actually come to fruition in a game.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, like that is that's how this offense is designed to work, right? I mean, we've seen this be a running offense. It's going to continue to be a running offense, but that doesn't mean it has to be, you know, this boring uh, four yards a carry thing. You know, if you look at what this offense is designed to do, like if you go back and look at that run by Jalen Warren again, you know, the jet sweep action is what makes the whole run. It brings a linebacker to the other side of the formation. It Mm -hmm. actually brings two linebackers across the formation with it it leaves that, that backside wide open. Deontay Johnson with a nice block downfield is the difference between 10 yards and 60, but uh, that's that's what this offense is all about. And so, yeah, when we're talking about more explosive, yes, got to work the ball down the field more. And I think, you know, the Pat Friarmuth touchdown really shows a willingness to do that on, on the part of Kenny Pickett. I put this on Twitter very late after the game on Saturday night. So if you didn't catch it then, Uh, We'll talk about it now, but um, when – so after the Calvin Austin punt return, huge play, big swing, first and 10 to 25, Pickett drops back, and no one goes to the flat with Najee Harris. No one. There is Mm -hmm. no one within 10 yards of Najee Harris over on the left side. It's easily a seven-yard gain if he just throws a little check down to Najee. And I think week four, week five last year when Kenny Pickett first got in the NFL – Thrown that check down. And I think we saw the difference in him and in this offense being more aggressive because of his comfort level, in him rifling a pass into a tight window past one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL, you know, in, in between three guys. to firm within the end zone. Like they went for it. And uh, you know, I think that would be a thing last year where he dumped it down. And people were like, oh, Canada. You know, like. It's the same yep. play call right it's just the quarterback is more experienced and has the confidence to make that throw now that that maybe he did in the year going especially after he started the year with you know, kind of an interception problem right and so now i think he's just a lot more comfortable place I think that makes a huge difference and man like I've been thinking that this offense can be pretty good they they look even better than I expected them to through two preseason
1: games. So I want to go back because is that is that's all you think that it is in terms of that play, right? Like throwing it to Frymuth as opposed to taking the check down. It's because of Kenny's confidence and willingness to do so, because we've talked also like, yes, the play calls are the same, but maybe he's going through progressions in a different way on those play calls. So is that more on Kenny or is that also like Canada in the offense, like taking the kid gloves off of him and letting him do that? I think it's, it's you know, job number one as a quarterback, any
0: quarterback, but especially a quarterback with a team that figures it should have a pretty good defense is to not mm-hmm. turn the ball over, you know. And so the Steelers make it very clear that they don't want their quarterbacks to turn the ball over. It's on the quarterback to have the confidence in themselves and what's going on to say this ball is not going to be an interception. This, I can get this ball in there, and Pat's going to find it, and it's going to be a touchdown, or it's going to be incomplete, but it's not going to be a turnover. And I think that's hard for a rookie quarterback to learn because what is and what isn't a turnover is different in the NFL compared to college football. You know, you can, make, you can get away with throws into windows in college football that you can't in the NFL. And so Kenny mm-hmm. was learning that difference last year. And I think after he threw a bunch of interceptions in his first couple games, there was a bit of, oh, okay, like maybe I need to be a little bit more careful here. And now I think he's sort of finding out exactly how careful he needs to be and, you know, what times it's appropriate to be more aggressive. You know, when you've just got a 50-some-yard punt return, you set yourself up with basically a guaranteed field goal, first and 10 to 25 that's a time to be more aggressive. And I think Kenny realized that, and that's why he made that pass. I don't think we see him make that pass a year ago. You know, I think that's definitely growth from Pickett, and it makes the whole offense better as a result.
1: I want to I wanna get like a temperature check from you on this because obviously you're somebody that's around the team every day and not just that, not just the Steelers, but you've obviously can Kenny pick going back to his pit days too. You've, you've seen this guy play a lot of football. Um, Where are you at with him and do you feel like, because we've talked a lot about like the non-football stuff of being a quarterback and feeling like that's never going to be the reason that he fails. But has your opinion at all changed in terms of what he can be for this offense or what he's going to be as a pro based off, not just obvious, because I know you're not the type of guy just off one performance change your opinion of that either
0: I just think you know I came into the Kenny Pickett as a Steelers quarterback with the expectations that he would work really hard he would have great intangibles he would be a great leader and that he was he was not so physically gifted that he was a can't miss prospect Mm -hmm. but that his physical limitations were not going to be limitations they were not going to hold him back from being great. Like, I, I had this – I, you know, I, back, if you think back a year ago, I had a conversation like, can he pick make every throw that some guys can? No. But you know who else couldn't? Like, Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, like yeah. – like, and, and Ryan Clark made this comparison a couple weeks ago too. Like, Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady. He is. Like, quarterback talent is rarely the limiting factor, right? And so I think Kenny nails all that other stuff. I just didn't know how quickly it was going to come. You know, if you remember Kenny at Pitt, like it was five years before he really became that kind of guy at the college level that got him drafted in the first round. He wasn't going to get five years here, right? He wasn't going to get that amount of rope to make it work. It was going to have to come quicker than that. How quickly could it come? I think was the real question. Um, And man, I think, Last season kind of played out about the way I expected it would. Uh, I feel like what I've seen so far from OTAs to training camp to preseason that he's pretty ahead of that pace already this year. And, you know, in line to be ahead of where I thought he would be as a second-year quarterback. Like, I, I think he could be pretty good this year. Like, I think that's a reasonable expectation at this point.
1: Gotcha. Okay, um, I want to. So this has been a conversation. I feel like even going back to last year, it was somewhat of a conversation. I think it's only going to escalate and get louder based off, you know, a one carry uh, on Saturday. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. This has kind of been a conversation that a lot of people want to have, even if the organization continues to shoot it down, um, and the players that we're talking about continue to shoot it down. Where is your head at in terms of that, like the Jalen Warren, Najee Harris debate that really isn't one for the Pittsburgh Steelers?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk official, right? I mean, Matt Canada talked today, and he basically said there is no debate. Najee Harris is starting running back, period, and a sentence, yep. and a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I, I think, is, is clear. I think the question becomes, yes, he's the starting running back. How many carries is Jalen Warren going to get, though? Like that's the real to me question that that makes sense to ask. Like, where and how much do they use thirty, and and what makes the most sense for Harris? What makes the most sense for the team? I think is an interesting question. You know, I, Najee, uh, Jalen Warren has been was better than Najee Harris last year on a per carry basis. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. He also was running in a lot more favorable circumstances. He faced fewer stacked boxes. He was in fewer obvious rundowns, right? Like, you know, he did not get into the game on fourth and one, right, where you know, the other team is gearing up to stop the run, and two yards is considered a success. So uh, you have to take those rate stats with a little bit of, of context. The other part of this is Najee Harris has been the most used running back of the last two seasons in the NFL, and he has not missed a game. He's barely even missed a half. Right? It came out of the Ravens game at the end of his rookie year in the Colts game last year. He's been mm-hmm. incredibly durable, and I don't know that we could say the same thing about Jalen Warren, who is a lot smaller guy. You know, I think I don't think you could just say, Nani Harris 3.9 yards to carry, Jalen Warren 4.4, that's better. Let's give him all the carries. Like That's not going to work. I think you're looking at some kind of appropriate timeshare game, like we saw last year. Um, I think Najee ended up with about 70-plus percent of the carries last year. I would say somewhere in the 60s this year probably feels like more appropriate, but we're not going to see some kind of wholesale change in the approach for the Steelers. I will say that if Najee Harris ever gets hurt and asks to miss a game, man, look out. That's going to be a big game for Jalen Warren because he can do it. And, you know, he's a talented running back. You know, uh, we were talking on The Final Word about this last night with myself and and Tim Benz and Chris Carter and Jenna Harner. And uh, Carter was bringing up, like, ancient history. But, you know, Willie Parker and and, uh, Day Moore and, and, you know, him taking carries away. And I'm, you know, I thought about that. I was like, how about uh, about Zeke and Pollard? You know, I, I feel like that's a better comparison for what the Steelers have where, like, yeah, like, Najee's the hammer and and he's going to hit people and he's going to get the tough yards. And then Warren can come in and get yards and chunks, as he obviously showed uh, on Saturday.
1: Right. And, and I think that they're like those two in Dallas when they both had roles. There is a role for both of them here. I think the conversation that people then try to have, and it's kind of like moving goalposts, is trying to go back in time and say that Najee Harris shouldn't have been a first-round pick. Or go forward in time and say that they, the Steelers shouldn't pay Najee Harris a second contract. Those are completely different discussions than if Najee Harris should be the main running back right now. And I agree on every point that you just made. Also, Anthony McFarland probably going to have some type of role within this offense, I think, as well. So it, it's going to be interesting to, to see. They, yeah.
0: they put in some kind of RPO stuff with him. I think that's going to be a thing that he does. Like, Ant's going to get some carries. There's no. He's been so good all training camp. And also I think we need to point out that if, you know, if all three of the running backs look pretty good, then that probably means the offensive line is doing something right too. Right. You yeah. Know? But uh, yeah, I think all three guys are going to play. I think all three guys are going to get care- get touches and, uh, and they had certainly proven that he can be a weapon. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Speaking of the offensive line. I mean, I feel like we'd be remiss talking about that Jalen Warren carry that we were talking about, man, I mean, Samalo, Moore, James Daniels climbing to the second ladder to get Matt Milano on that play. I, I mean, what a job they did run blocking on that play. But you feel like that's going to be an improved unit in that as well. I mean, let's see, let's see both these running backs in the same situation and see what they look like before people try to have a conversation here about this.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the offensive line looks great running left behind Moore and and. Sam always seems like that can be a winning combination for him. Um, You know, he kind of admitted that like, sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not like he can't block it's, it's, but it's effort level and things like that. And and that he, you know, he's the difference though. Like that, that makes the whole Mm -hmm. play. And we're not talking about that play today. If, if Deontay doesn't make his block. And so I think there's um, there's a lot to feel good about about the running game. I don't think this is a problem. I do think it highlights some of the reasons that people said that Najee Harris was not a good first round pick, because you know, here we are two years later talking about whether or not he's better than a guy who was completely undrafted. I just think there's yeah. a lot that goes into being a good running back, and sometimes it's it's difficult. But I, I think Najee Harris is going to continue to be a productive player for the Steelers. And, um, you know, maybe I'm fading him a little bit in fantasy football this year, but that's about it.
1: Right. Um, you mentioned it was Matt Canada today kind of like trying to put an end to the speculation and the conversation saying that Najee Harris is their number one guy. Um, what else did we hear from Matt Canada today? I mean, let's get into today's news now to actually talk about um, and what, what kind of came out of his mouth.
0: Yeah, um, we kind of all over the place with, with Matt. Uh, he talked <laughs> uh, a lot. I mean, you know, he only can, can answer what's what's asked, but um, mm-hmm. talked a, a good bit about Kenny and, and his progression and, and the way this offense is going to look going forward. Talk a little bit about uh, how it feels like Darnell Washington is maybe a little bit ahead of where his expectations were in terms of his receiving ability. Uh, talked about Calvin Austin. He had a catch on a slant in that game, and, and that sort of shows maybe a little bit even more than we had seen in terms of his route tree. And you yeah, know, he's mostly been a sideways guy, and now they've started to introduce vertical, and that's kind of like the third tier, right, for him in, in terms of putting it all together. Um, also talked to Terrell Austin. So we had a lot today too from him. Um, really good stuff uh, from Ta. He feels like they're going to have to cut a defensive lineman that's an NFL player. I mean, he basically came right out and said it like, we're going to lose somebody that we think is good enough to keep uh, because they have too many, and the competition has been too good. Isaiah Loudermilk, I think, is really the guy that has uh, forced that problem where, you know, he was cut last year. He was on the practice squad. They probably did not figure that he was making this 53 this year, and I think he's been too good. And so I think they've got to find a way for him to get onto the roster, whether that's keeping extra lineman or whether that's guy, veteran guy, like maybe like Braden Poco or Armin Watts might might be on the outside looking in come cut down day. He, he also talked about the slot corner battle and how that's continuing between Shannon Sullivan, Elijah Riley, and how much, you know, they have a desire to use Patrick Peterson there, but it all depends on Joey Porter's progress. Um, i talked about Joey's game and and kind of TA brought the bucket of cold water there. I thought, you know, he said, look, it was, it was one game and it wasn't even that many snaps. So we'll see, (laughs) you know, which I think is uh, appropriate for his stature, but uh, probably not what the people were looking to hear after they were pretty excited about the solid, solid game from the second round pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny. Sullivan, Riley, Porter Jr., all picks in that second preseason game on Saturday and in that slot corner battle that we've talked about a ton. I mean, did anything in that game maybe start to change your mind or solidify whose spot that could be? Oh, no. We might have lost Allen. So I just didn't know where you were at with it.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think the thing that really stood out to me in the game was probably how much Elijah Riley played on special teams, like Mm. more so than what I saw in the game. And I asked Mike Tomlin after the game about the special teams. And he talked about how they're turning over a big part of that unit, which isn't really something I had considered, but if you think about it, you know, um, Robert Spillane's gone. Um, Marcus Allen's gone. Uh, you know, so there's, there's guys that, like you know, that, that were in that group that were sort of long time parts of that special teams unit that are not there anymore. And they're gonna keep guys for that job. Now I don't know. And I, like miles Killebrew, I, I have a hard time seeing making the team. He did block a punt in the game, but like, they were missing their top three safeties for three weeks and he didn't get a single rep with the first team. Like, I just, yeah, that's hard right. for me to see him being there. But Elijah Riley can play slot corner. He can play free safety and he's been a special teamer. Like, that to me feels like, I just, I feel like he's, how much he plays, I don't know, but I feel like he's got a 53 man spot at this point. Like, I, I don't think I thought that before this game, but I'm, I'm now, the next time I, of 53-man production, which will be tomorrow, so spoiler alert, 37 <laughs> is going to be on, and I don't know how I'm going to fit him in there, so we'll figure it out, but uh, I think he's got to be on the team.
1: Uh, what, another defensive back that came to mind that's kind of like right on that, that bubble that I wanted to ask about because, you know, seeing a lot of time with the ones with all those injuries to safeties is Kenny Robinson. How do you feel about him now?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's another guy that's playing a lot of special teams. I, I think... With everybody back healthy, like it's hard to see how much he would get to play because he's a lot less versatile than a guy like Riley, right, who can mm-hmm. kind of play almost anywhere. Robinson's basically just going to play safety in uh, special teams, but you know, I think uh, I think he's I don't know, he could be the guy that loses the spot because Riley wins one. Um, they could also keep you know, an extra defensive back and there's 10, you know, 10 defensive backs, that's, that's also possible. So I had him on the team in my last 53, man, it's real close. Like to, to me, whether he makes it or not.
1: Yeah. And a guy that we we've talked about, he said it sounds like he's going to play and Trey Norwood. I think he could potentially be in the outside looking in, but definitely has got to get out there for a game to show he can do something. Um, him, Joby, which is great to hear about, getting out of that boot, and looks like he's going to return to game action, get something, get his feet wet before uh, we really ramp up for the regular season, and then Nate Herbig returning as well. Um, but to me, where do you view, I mean, obviously the people want to talk about Larry Ogunjobi, but I wanted to ask first about Norwood. I mean, where would you put his chances of at least making the, the practice squad, if, if nothing else? I think he's
0: on the practice squad if he doesn't make okay. the team. Um, I just have a hard time seeing where Trey fits, you know, he, they he had played a lot of slot corner in the past and they kind of almost exclusively played him at free safety this year and mm-hmm. special teams. But, you know, if I'm keeping another guy guy's safety, like Riley's more versatile, Robinson can play free safety and strong safety and I think has been better and more available. I, you know, I think he's kind of pretty far down the list in terms of where he fits. Um, on this roster. So I have a hard time seeing Trey Norwood making the 53 right now, especially with the injury that never helps. But I mean, he should make the practice squad if he doesn't, or, you know, as a potential waiver claim. I mean the guy was a draft pick and he's played a lot in two years. So that's, that's always an option.
1: Yeah. And then with Ogun Joby, I don't remember exactly when it was at, camp that he went down, but obviously haven't seen him in a game yet. Um, I think it's kind of like a a sigh of relief that we've gotten to this point because you see him in a boot. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean it could just be precautionary, but obviously that foot injury that he had last year, uh, signed him to a new three-year deal, pretty well paid, uh, expecting him to bounce back in a big way along that defensive line. So I think a lot of people are are ready to see him in a game.
0: Yeah, he he's talked to Nick uh, today and he said that he you know basically kinda of brushed the side and said he's fine. He got hurt, mm-hmm. it was weird he got hurt like the walkthrough before the first game, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, generally means it's not I mean, look, uh Calvin Austin got hurt in the walkthrough last year, so it can happen, right? I mean you yeah. can get hurt. Uh Renau ran the defensive tackle, towards Achilles in a walkthrough uh this spring. So anything's possible. But you know, I just thought that the nature of that injury meant it was probably likely that he's okay. And he said he's going to play. So, uh, you know, arrow up for him. And, you know, I don't know how much he needs to play, but a couple snaps yeah. would probably be a good thing for him. And, you know, the, the real thing is, you know, healthy or not, like, they want to see those guys behind him that are battling for a roster spot that we talked about. Those kind of six guys for four or five spots. They they want to play, so I don't know how much Larry would be playing if he was fully healthy. But I assume they'll they try to get him ten reps or something like that, just to make sure he's ready to go. A
1: uh, couple bodies out, couple new bodies in today for the Steelers uh, with Cody White and Hakeem Butler on their way out. Um, man, I, I don't know whether to take a stab at. The, is it Aaron Crookshank?
0: Yeah, yeah, you nailed that one.
1: Okay, all right. The other one. The other one is. Uh, Kuani Dang, coin. Oh, okay, all right. Well, coin dang. one. I'll take one for two with those. To be honest with you,
0: That's three for four. Really? Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three, yeah. Names, <laughs> three names out of four. Don't don't sure change yourself. That's that's a solid C there. That's that's yeah. fine. Three out of four is 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 better than than two out of the three. And Meatloaf said that ain't bad. So, uh, you know, we'll go with it.
1: Yeah. Um, but what do you make here? I mean, because we, ta- we were talking about actually one of the things that I wanted to see in this last preseason game was is a wide receiver other than those top four going to make any plays and stand out? Now we see a little bit of reshuffling here. The King Butler didn't even actually play in that game. Um, but Cody White now off the roster as well. They bring in Crookshank. What do you make of this in terms of that wide receiver room? Are they leaning towards keeping five instead of six? Who is that fifth? I, where are we at with that?
0: Well, I mean, Quickshank and Dang, you know, what can he do in two practices? I, right. yeah, they're they're yeah. basically glorified tryout at this point. You know, they're, they're not making the team, no matter what they do, basically. Um, now, uh, you know, but I don't think Butler was going to make the team anyway. I do think Cody White was probably at least in the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Butler was just not very good um, at any point, really. I mean, it's very inconsistent. Too many, way too many drops. Like I bet a third of the drops of the entire wide receiver core this summer have been a nice sky and. So yeah, it's just, it was, was not working out with Hakeem Butler. Uh, I don't think he was close to making the team anyway. Uh, Cody White probably was more in that conversation, but I still think, you know, Miles Boykin and Gunnar Oshesky had had been for different reasons, the two guys at the top of that list. Boykin because of his special teams ability down the punt inside the five in that game against the Bills. And I just think Gunnar's been the best of the wide receivers uh, by a lot. He played like 50 snaps in that game. Um, and so, I think if you if you keep six, it's Gunner and Boykin. If you keep five, it's one or the other. I, I think I'd have a pretty hard time picking between those two at this point.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I've seen, you know, I think that there is a case to be made for both. We've kind of <laughs> talked about it. Like, are you keeping? Is the reason for keeping Boykin just special teams, and how much value can he bring there? Or is it because you know who else is really a backup as an outside receiver?
0: Yeah, I mean Allen Robinson I guess is the backup outside receiver and, right? and you yeah. would just play Austin yeah. and Gunner inside. I think I don't I mean look with with the injuries here, you know like I thought Cody White had been better as a wide receiver than Boykin. The next the only other guy I think that's really <coughs> really upset the order here is D'Shon's Patrick. He had a special teams tackle. He's had flashes throughout training camp. But he's not been very consistent, um, and and has been sort of one of those guys was better early than he has been lately. Um, I, I'm not sure I see that happening. But you know, it almost seems like nobody else really has a chance now. Cody White would have been the only other one that I can see sort of forcing his way into the roster.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, was there anything else before we get to some? I'm going to go through <coughs> the YouTube, YouTube here and see if I can find some some stuff but was there anything today that stood out from anybody that spoke or anything
0: um no i mean i think that's, that's i think we kind of covered all the highlights tomlin canada ta Dante, let's start to Chiefs. mark yeah no that's pretty much it
1: okay um yeah i'm going through here a lot of the comments have been about the conversation that we had earlier regarding you know Najee and jalen and it's about a 50 50 split from what i can see in the comments in terms of people saying you know Najee hasn't been in the right environment for him to succeed yet the hate is stupid um both of them are going to get this one's interesting both of them going to get 15 touches a game would set up the perfect situation keep them both healthy and fresh in pounding the rock Najee is still a stud and we should be happy that we got lucky with warren after years of whiffing on mid-round picks at running back
0: yeah, isn't that ironic how – good comment. Who, who, who was the uh, who's the commenter there?
1: Uh, Alex M.
0: Alex M. Good comment. Alex M. knows ball. Yeah, it's incredibly ironic that the Steelers attempted to do the like, oh, we'll just get running back in the mid-round because they're all the same and running backs are, you know, fungible and you can just pull them out however you need to and they – whiffed on jalen samuels and they kind of whiffed on benny snell and um you know things didn't work out probably i mean it wasn't awful but they did not end up with their long-term guy and and james connor and the year after they use a first round pick on Najee harris they find an undrafted running back who's every bit as good like that that is extremely ironic that that's the way it worked out
1: yeah absolutely um Jonathan says, love Najee and his style of play. He's the running back that takes the most damage. Why would we want him playing so much before the season? I don't think it's imperative for him to get a ton of reps now. As long as he gets a little bit of reps in to get the rust off, he'll be in good shape before the regular season starts.
0: Yeah, I don't need to see Najee really at all. You know, he had one carry and one catch. Like, give me two more of each, and I think I'm a happy guy. You know, two series – Mike Tomlin has not talked yet. He'll probably talk tomorrow about how much he's going to play starters. I expect them to play more in general, but, you know, more than what Harris 10 snaps so far. So more is not that many more for him. Um, he looks ready. I, I, don't, I don't have any real concerns about his readiness for the season at this point.
1: We still have comments coming in about Derek joining the site. We get it, people. Great addition, we know. No, That's keep
0: awesome. bringing them in. Oh, look, <laughs> keep more time. Also, we're going to have Derek. I think we're going to have Derek on later this week because okay. travel plans are going to interrupt with my uh, my Wednesday-Friday appearances, I believe. Gotcha. Certainly Friday, maybe Wednesday. Thursday, though, live Mercedes-Benz Stadium again, so that should be fun. i uh Looking forward to that.
1: Were you, were you there last year when the Steelers played there? Were you in it? Okay, I didn't know. Okay, if you were covering that, what do you think of that place? Cole
0: stadium, um, good for Atlanta. Kind of perfect Atlanta venue in that, like it's right downtown. Um, it's got a you know big event building vibe where you could see a lot of things happening there besides just. Football, you know, like I always think the best football stadiums—you couldn't imagine anything else ever happening there, right? Like Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas City, like those are just football stadiums. Like even a concert there looks weird, right? Like that's that's just what they are. Uh, You can tell that that's Atlanta, and that's a building that's going to be used for a lot more than just football. It's got a different vibe. It's not really necessarily my thing, but uh, it's nice, you
1: know. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so there you have it. A little bit of uh, of what we're going to have later in the week for you guys, but uh, that's not yet. That's not today. That's not tomorrow. So just some plans for later in the week laying it out for you guys. Alan, tell the people where they can find you.
0: At Sunders underscore PGH on Twitter which is now X, but I still call Twitter <laughs> at PGH Steelers. Now is the site's account and also at PGH Steelers now on YouTube, where you can find this and all the rest of our video content from SteelersNow.com, which is where all my, my written words are. Go check it out there. That's it.
1: All right. I am Zachary Smith, PGH. We thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Steelers afternoon drive. Again, as we always say, like, Subscribe, hit that notification bell. Leave us comments down below. We're going to read some of them uh, to wrap up every single episode. So do that for us. If you are listening somewhere else that isn't YouTube, leave us a five-star review as well. And uh, uh, we want to see those rides. We want to see those rides for the Steelers. Uh, I was
0: at the game, and I saw one drive by, and I just got the camera up. I was like, no! (laughs) There it
1: It's almost like it's not meant to be. With the way this is going, it's so gonna, far. it's gonna,
0: it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna come. The way, there, rooms, yeah. there will be some. Let me say this: there will be some in Atlanta because there are a lot of student fans in Atlanta. There were yeah. a lot of student fans in that game last year, but the parking situation is is difficult. So I don't know if I'll be able to find them, but they'll be there. Teasing. I'm so excited Ta-ta. for
1: so when I go to the the home opener, I'm just going to be walking through all the parking lots and getting pictures and videos of the other ones. That way, I can put them on here and show people exactly what I'm looking for, and then they got to try to one up them.
0: You're going to get like 14,000 steps that day because you're just going to make laps yeah. of the stadium and the parking <laughs> exactly lot to try to find all the the Steelers rides.
1: I love it. Yes. All right, but uh, again, thanks for tuning into another episode with us, and we will be back uh, tomorrow. So come right back here, and if you hit that notification bell, you'll know exactly when the episode goes up. Thanks, guys. Talk to you then.